This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Trojan fans. It's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Fans. Welcome to another edition of the Peristyle Podcast on a Tuesday. A little reunion Peristyle Podcast. Uh, the Ryan Abraham, Chris Trevino Mothership Show is back. It's been a little while since we've both been in studio, both been able to do this at the same time. So we're excited to be here. We are live on our YouTube channel at Inside Troy if you want to check that out. Uh, and we're also, of course, uh, recording this across our Peristyle podcast platforms all over. If you have the Apple podcasting app or Google or any of those, uh, you can check out the Peristyle podcast like you always can. But we also, if you want the video version, we're doing that live on uh, YouTube as well. If you have any questions or comments, get those questions flowing again through the emails, podcast at uscfootball.com. Send us a question. What do you want to know about what's going on in USC football? And Chris and I will do our best to answer it. You can also call or text us at 424-254-9141. And if you happen to have like an iPhone, you have that Apple podcasting app. If you follow us over there and leave us a five-star rating and review, that does really help to grow the show. We haven't had a review in a little while, so send us a review. That would be great. We'd love to read them uh, on the air when we get the things going. And, you know, I love when Chris is in studio. We get to talk to him, just hear what Chris has to say. He's always very excited about everything that's going on in the world of USC football. Loves doing the live stuff. Can't keep them away. Chris, how you doing, man? I've just now in this moment realized why I've been so stress-free the last like month <laughs> because I haven't been doing the live show here. So yes. yes, welcome back to all of it. And welcome back to Ryan. He was out of the States for a long time, got sick, so that delayed the reunion. I was on a break earlier. That's why we didn't do a show. So yeah, we're finally back in studio together, and it feels like... Two years, to be honest, since we, we've done a show. so It's been a little while. There's been some kind of newsy stuff. Here, I'm just fixing your shot a little bit here because, you know, yeah, that's get what it, I get do. it all done. Um, yeah, I think that works a little bit better. Uh, yeah, it's been a little bit uh, since, you know, the things have been going on. Uh, I want to, we're going to talk. I know you guys have the, uh, you know, Composite Two Star Recruits podcast coming up on did Wednesday. You, did you hear our new intro? I haven't heard the new intro. Okay, yet, no. well, we got an intro, so you're not the only podcast on this show that has a or on this network that has an intro. So, so you got your own intro now. Got All my right. own intro. Shout out to Will for making that for me. So, Thanks, yeah. Will. Um, you guys were like a little bit short uh, of four hours, huh? So that's uh, didn't quite make. The I'm actually going to put that on you because <laughs> we had two voicemails that came in. I don't know how to do voicemails, so if one of those had gone in. We would have hit the four-hour mark, so I'm going to put that on you, you boss man. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I know nothing about anything, how to get voicemails, text messages. I know none of that behind-the-scenes stuff, so right. you have to do it for me. I'll so. help you out. Yeah, yeah. I was I was uh, down for the count last week, unfortunately. We were going to try to do the show last Tuesday. We weren't able to because I was uh, sick, but then once the news broke that the uh, Big Ten schedule release came out, I was feeling better, came in the studio, did a remote with uh, Shotgun, so you make sure you check that out. I did a podcast yesterday with uh, Harvey Hyde. We talked about some of that, too. And Chris will have another Composite Two-Star Recruits podcast coming up uh, tomorrow. But we're going to get a little bit of the recruiting stuff because that's sort of what's happening right now. I want to get Chris's thoughts on the Big Ten schedule. Clay Helton returning to the Coliseum potentially in 2025. Uh, new stadium for the uh, USC women's uh, lacrosse. 
and soccer. So we get to all that kind of stuff. And uh, and also some of the there was some news that came out uh, from some of these meetings in D.C. that the IRS isn't looking too kindly upon uh, NIL collectives that are 401c3 uh, or 3c status, which is uh, you know tax exempt. So I kind of reached out to the House of Victory because they were planning on doing that. So kind of get your thoughts on all that kind of stuff before we jump into it. Want to thank our sponsor, Trader Joe's. Uh, it's been good. I've been back for a week now, so I got to uh, go in there and uh, re-up. Pick up, yeah, re-up, pick up some supplies. No Trader Joe's in uh, Singapore that I found. Got to work on that. Uh, but go over to TraderJoe's.com. They got a lot of good ideas. Um, I love doing Are you a recipe guy? Like, just doing recipes are kind of fun. You're just like, oh, I need to buy this, 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 this. Here's the instructions and make something cool. I don't know if you do, you do that. I am a recipe guy. I, I do find something, whether it's on you know YouTube shorts or just, hey, I want to make X. Let's look it up. A lot of good reviews. Oh, simple. After you scroll down 900 words of their life story to get to the bottom <laughs> to the actual recipe, yes, then I do the recipe. That is like a common thing now where you're like, do you want to go to the actual recipe? Yes, I don't care about all this other stuff. Um, but speaking of, if you want to, you can do that on the Trader Joe's website. Uh, they actually have a podcast. So their episode 64 is out right now. Trader Joe's splendid summertime. So there's some good ideas there, but, uh, if you like cooking outside, their featured video on the front page is, uh, TJ's cooks, TJ's cooks in the out in the great outdoors. So some cool ideas for outdoor cooking over at TraderJoe's.com. But thanks again, uh, to Trader Joe's. They've been awesome to us. Uh, over the years, and it's been great to uh, have them be a sponsor, and I love talking about them and checking out. We have uh, we had a comment in there. And by the way, if you're watching live on YouTube, we don't really have a bunch of questions today, so put question in your comment, and we will I'll start and get to it later on. But Scott says, um, TJ's frozen mac and cheese, chef's kiss. Mwah. So... Uh, I don't think I've had the frozen mac and cheese. There were a couple of kids I used to babysit for early in my days in the Long Beach area. And that's like the only thing I was like not allowed to give them. But like that's the thing they wanted to eat. Yeah. I babysit them is the Trader Joe's mac and cheese. And it was so easy to make. So high reviews from uh, the toddlers uh, around town, I guess. Nice. Uh, I love it. I love good mac and cheese is, is good mac and cheese, but lots of great frozen stuff over there for Trader Joe's. Okay. So, so. Uh, we got to jump into this stuff because, you know, we got Chris here and recruiting weekends, that first weekend in June where things were sort of like kind of slowly chugging along, I guess, on the recruiting trail. And then all of a sudden it was fireworks and uh, six commits Come out of the weekend, um, about half of the official visitors end up committing. I think it was it last year. It was like a four for four weekend that they did. So they got everybody. But this was uh, more visitors, uh, more action, a bunch of commitments. USC goes from number 57 mm-hmm. overall class up to number 19. 18, actually. 18 now. There's some point uh, swinging or or whatever, some, I don't know, updates. So they're 18, actually. Wow, okay. And then number two behind Oregon in the Pac-12, which I guess won't matter a year from now, but that's what you're kind of looking at uh, right now, the Pac-12. Um, yeah, so I maybe just kind of get your general thoughts. I know you guys went into a lot of detail on the Composite Two-Star Recruits podcast, but uh, it was a pretty big, just sort of like, I don't know, wake a sleeping giant or something. Just something was sort of, you need a little catalyst or something to happen. And then boom, all of a sudden, USC is just moving back up the ranks. Right. And yeah, if you want more detailed breakdown of every commitment that they got early in that week, you know, we talked about all five of those initial commitments. The new one we haven't talked about yet, Elijah Newby, but we talked about all five of those, me and Gerard on the Composite Two Star Recruits. It's over an hour long just talking about those guys. So if you want a more detailed breakdown on what USC is getting and those guys, go check that out. I highly recommend it. It's a really great episode, almost four hours. But just the overall appearance, not appearance, but the optics of it, really, really good for USC because, you know, going into this summer, USC's 2024 recruiting class was had no juice. You know, they lost several They've had several decommitments, you know, Aaron Butler, Dylan Williams, and they were just kind of, you know, stagnant a little bit. But it didn't you didn't feel like it was in any danger necessarily just because 
you know, it was only spring, you know, recruiting really starts to pick up around this time when official visitors are coming and going on campus and they're getting ready for the season. So there was, you know, in the big picture, I know a lot of fans were worried just because, you know, everyone's getting commitments and USC's losing commitments and they only have two right now. Then you got Brian Jackson going, you know, a, a little bit, a little bit of momentum, but then everything changed with this first weekend. And obviously USC is having a lot more kids on campus this month of this year than they did uh, last year in June with their, you know, recruiting on faith, Lincoln Riley's first, you know, cycle on campus and hosting kids on campus. So you can see the progress and they had one big weekend, got six commits out of that, technically seven, one that's not public. And then you still have the other emoji from the May official visitors that aren't, that isn't out there yet. So two unaccounted for, but seven from that weekend is just incredible and you know we talked about it on composite two-star recruits where we thought like three would be a really good number and then they go out and hit seven and that's the kind of closing power that Lincoln Riley and the staff has now that you have results behind them you don't have hey this is what we're gonna do this year it's hey look at what we did this year or last year look what we did with Caleb look at this Heisman look at uh one win away from the college football playoff one win away from a Pac-12 championship after four wins you have all that on tape and you can show that to kids when you sit down. You have that something to sell, essentially. You have some a foundation to sell and you can see that being the result of that. And then obviously, you know, coupled with L.A. and what it has to offer, all that is coming together when USC is hosting these kids for these visits. And that it was, wasn't even the big recruiting weekend. There's a lot of kids, close to a dozen kids that first week but that's not even that pales in comparison to this upcoming weekend that is the big one the quote-unquote golden hour like they did last year with the big luau at Lincoln's Place and you know going all out in the the Coliseum and all that so that's this weekend so you can tell how if you you can see how well they did with that kind of quote-unquote appetizer round in first week this is the main course and it's going to be exciting to see what kind of feedback and what kind of results they pull off this weekend, after all said and done, you know, you got seven the first week. I mean, I dare you say you might be able to get double digits in that one, but impressive what they're doing. And it's so important for the rest of the month just because it's so important to get momentum and have optics going, Ryan. Because, Ryan, when you're out, when you're going out of town, you know, or when you're going out, yep. you know, you, you go out a lot. You don't want to go to the club where no one's standing in line, right? No way. You you want to go to the club where people are trying to get it, where it is popping inside. And it's the same thing with kids and, you know, how it looks. And, you know, when USC is racking up commits in 48 hours and you have kids tweeting like, hey, is this the move? They're tweeting at each other like, hey, is this where we're going? You know, you build that kind of momentum. You build that kind of spectacle. You build a line outside to get in. You're going to get people interested in what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about that line on this, the big recruiting weekend a little bit, but before we do that, guess guess who's in the chat? Oh, the Manford NIL initiative. Moneybags Manford, the Manford NIL initiative. Uh, thank you for the, uh, the Manford Collective, the donation. You didn't have to do that, but uh, we'll put it up here on the screen. I've been working on getting uh, the Composite Two Star Recruits live. We might do a, a desert version live. Um, something we'll see. We'll we'll do something like that, but. Uh, Manford says, any word on Latrell McCutcheon's status with the team? Rumors of him leaving have been circulating. Can you provide any updates? Thanks. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's always been like this uh, because Latrell came in, you know, there was some like uh, stuff on Twitter about him and the Oklahoma staff not getting along. And there was like, I think some of his family members were, you know, tweeting at the, the coaching staff. So, you know, him coming in was maybe a little bit surprising knowing that all that had gone on and, you know, he hasn't really broken into the lineup all that clearly and defined, you know, he got some playing time at the end there and it just seems like he's, you know, trying to get in there, trying to get in there, but you know, they got Zion branch coming back, you know, Bryson Shaw seemed to have emerged as one of the top safety options up there. It's already crowded with, you know, Max Williams back and Kalen Bullock back. And then Jalen Smith is healthy again. So there's a lot more competition. And, 
yeah, it just seemed like he was kind of stuck in that no man's land. But yeah, I haven't heard anything quite as uh, definite as he is leaving, but we'll we'll definitely check in on that. But yeah, I mean, it's something that kind of wouldn't shock me, but would at the same time, just because, you know, kind of the stuff that was going on when he came in and all kind of that Twitter drama. But yeah, I mean, uh, I think he can be valuable. He's a really long corner, uh, long defensive back and athletic. Obviously, people are going to remember that missed tackle and I believe it was the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, they'll remember that the most, but I think he is really talented. I still, I still think he has the potential to be a starter and a really good player for this defense. But yeah, we'll have to check into that a little bit more as the week goes on. Yeah. Thanks uh, Manford for that. Um, you know, just hearing the coaches, Chris, like during the spring, I, it always seemed like there was positive stuff coming about McCutcheon. It seemed like people were kind of excited for him. So I'm curious to see what happens there. I know there's been some rumors there's, with the portal open, you know, when the portal, the portal won't be open for till after the season anyway. Um, and I don't think he would be a graduate transfer or anything, right? I no, because I believe he was a, like a redshirt freshman at the most last year. So. Yeah. So the portal's not open. So he didn't put his name in the portal. So it would have to be like an after the season sort of thing um, to enter the portal. But I mean, we've seen guys sort of check out for the season and, not do anything and then you know but I don't, I don't it seemed like that would be kind of a waste so uh but just keep in mind that the portal doesn't open again i believe it's december 4th so uh probably not going to see him transfer unless it was some kind of uh you know graduate thing which i don't think it's going to be the case um so yeah the appetizer weekend turned out to be more of a smorgasbord than you thought right as far as like official visits and commits and all that it's like you go to a wedding and they have really good hors d'oeuvres to start yeah, things off Oh my God. When like uh, crab cakes and things like, like, you know, hefty hors d'oeuvres, like good, like, wow, like this could be my dinner. I would just eat these. Yeah. You just shovel them in. But it's dinner time now. Um, I think. Uh, we had the palate cleanser this week, a small, this past weekend with Peyton Woodyard and Kingston, Viliyama Asa, the two St. John Bosco targets. They were the only two visitors this week. So, you know, very, you know, slow down a little bit. It's like the salad, you know, yeah. before they bring out the main course. So that what they were working with, you know, two really big important visitors. You know, you got uh, Troy Palomalu on campus for them. So yeah. they kind of went all out with those two being the priority. The focus all Taylor, the attention. Taylor Mays. Yeah, focus all the attention on them. You know, all the staff is there. You know, they're going to Nobu. They're really showing out and doing an intimate visit weekend as opposed to, you know, the dozen or so kids they had the week before and the pl- potentially 20 plus guys they're going to have this weekend. Yeah. Um, I would say, and when, when you heard from Dave Emmerich, uh, he tweeted out earlier today, I think it was earlier today, the biggest recruiting week of, of USC's, you know, year or whatever. Um, there's going to be some visitors during the week. I believe you have the elite 11 finals, um, which not real quarterback in there for USC unlike Malachi Nelson last year. And just so you guys remember, so it was almost a year ago. It was uh, June 30th is when the Elite 11 finals. So we're recording this in our studio, Redondo Beach. Literally like a mile from here is Redondo Union High School, maybe less than that. And that's where you could uh, go check out all these top quarterbacks. That's what we're going to be doing uh, later today. Check-in is tomorrow. I think they're staying in Manhattan Beach and they're going to play in Redondo Beach. Um, and last year we were there to film Malachi Nelson and then – I think, Chris, you looked at your phone and you said, oh, John Wilner's saying that USC and UCLA are leaving for the Big Ten. And I was like, what? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And then look at my phone, same thing. Double check. Back then, you could have blue check marks without paying. Blue check mark, John Wilner tweeted it like, oh, okay. And so we both basically came into the studio and did a show from here. So that was almost a year ago. And then you did went live with Josh Pate. I did go live with uh, Lake the Kick studio Josh. they had on the the, uh, the studio they had on the field at Redondo Union. So. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. Um, so there was a lot of stuff happened last year at the Elite Eleven. Uh, Chris and I both be over there. There's the OT Seven camp uh, later this week. Not uh, camp. The national championships national championship are in so. town. Yeah, so a lot of going on in LA this right. weekend for recruits coming to Southern California. Big, you know, but also USC will be hosting. A bunch of official visitors. They're like some of the best wide receivers in the country. Uh, so this is a big week of recruiting for USC, Chris. 
Yeah, it's like I mentioned, the golden hour last year was the biggest. We talked about it on the show, on the Composite Two Recruits at the time, that this is probably the biggest recruiting weekend in USC history, you know, in the modern era of recruiting. It's the, the most kids they've ever had on campus and a very ambitious week, excuse me, weekend. And they ended up doing, you know, pretty well out of that weekend. Obviously, they didn't get some of the guys they wanted, like uh, Lucas Simmons or Francis Mauigoa. But they did clean up in that weekend. They did get some. Some of them were more delayed. You know, some were commitments that they got later in the summer. But that was a big enough weekend that left a big enough impression that they were able to stay in the mind of those kids, like a Braylon Shelby, who still took his Texas division after that and then ended up committing to USC. That was the power of that weekend and just blowing these kids away with all that USC and Lincoln Riley and this program and Southern California has to offer. So you could only imagine what it's going to be like this year, knowing that Lincoln Riley, as I mentioned with the first weekend, they don't have to recruit on faith anymore. They can recruit with some results and a foundation they built with this program. And then obviously the Big Ten move is right there. It's on the horizon. You can see it. It's more real than it was a year ago. You know, well, they they couldn't even use that last year because it hadn't even broken yet. That Now that I think about it, because that was at the end of the month. But here you are with that piece of information to sell. You have so much to offer this time around for the golden hour. So we're going to end up seeing what those results can be. And early on, I would wager that it's going to be pretty good for USC in terms of the commitments coming off of that weekend. Yeah, looks uh, looks very really promising. And you want to kind of jump back up there. Where do you? How far do you think USC can go back up, rankings wise? I think Gerard thought potentially like top ten team, a uh, top ten you know class. Yeah, the goal kind of is like that two sixty range to be with like some of the other top teams, and they're like at one sixty five right now or something like that. So I think you're sitting at uh, eight commitments. So I would say by the end of the summer. You could have 10 more, and you're sitting at like 18, 18, 19. I think you're pretty good. I think that's a solid foundation, and then you just kind of build from there. So, yeah, conceivably, they could be within the top 10 easily with another 10 commitments, especially with with the guys they have coming in this weekend and then for the final weekend at the end. Yeah. I uh, just I forgot to mention at the top of the show, uh, we do appreciate everyone coming in there. I think Blackie Chan plays says, hey, man, smash that like button. So get in there. If you're watching us live on YouTube, please like it. And uh, you can subscribe. You can sign up for the notifications. Click that little bell so you know when we go live. We'll be doing a lot more, especially as we get closer and closer to the season. But we also, you know, the website we run, uscfootball.com. I know a lot of people, hey, I just listened to the podcast. I'm just on the YouTube channel, whatever. Tons of content, tons of information over at uscfootball.com. If you like reading, reading the written word, uh, but we also do a lot of multimedia stuff, too, with photos and videos and interviews and all kinds of fun stuff over there. But if you want to sign up for an annual subscription, right now it's, like, ridiculously cheap, 60% off. It's, like, 80-something cents a week uh, for the it's year. less than four bucks a month. Yeah, like, it's, you know, a cup of coffee for the month, and you can get all this great access over at uscfootball.com. And when your promotion runs out, you get free access to Paramount Plus, too, when you're a subscriber to the site. So... Uh, all that streaming stuff is really cool. But make sure you go check it out. Um, you know, obviously, that's what pays the bills and stuff around here. That's how we're, you know, I, we got some exciting um, news coming as far as, like, uh, the USAFootball.com team to bring you more content. So stay tuned for all that. But, yeah, the more people subscribe, obviously, the the more we can grow and build our team and produce more content and all of that. So we already have the biggest team out there. We want to keep growing and uh, and make sure that you guys – Get the best possible USC football content that you can. So go sign up at uscfootball.com, 60% off uh, for a limited time. So go check it out. Um, Blackie Chan says, I have a subscription. It's so good. Uh, so it's so it's good. It is good. Um, but please jump in there and do that. Follow Blackie Chan because uh, it's great stuff. So, Chris, if you weren't a contributor, you'd be a subscriber, I know. Sure. Yeah. All the way, all the way for my USC fandom, all the way. Yeah. I just realized that I make the joke that none of these people are working, which is funny because that first weekend over those like 72 hours, nobody was getting work done at their respective jobs because of all the commitments. 
I wonder what that's going to look like after this weekend if they have another commitment spree over a course of three days. Like no oh. one's – no. I hope, you know, expense reports and PT reports or whatever reports are due that week because – they're going to be late, I feel like, if there's another uh, commitment run. That was a crazy run. Uh, I was under the weather a little bit, too, when all that was happening. So I was just kind of on the couch, like, check, checking it all out. Um, emoji watch. Emoji watch. I did write a story. Uh, Gerard did an interview, and I wrote a story for him because you guys were all over the place. Um, Blackie Chan did say, let Chris know I'm working from home so I can watch the podcast. He didn't want to be called names. So he is working. He's just working from home. Uh, I work from home all Mark's, the time. So. Mark says degenerates. Like, no, not degenerates, Mark. That's not the way it's going to be. Um, Did you just put it on the screen? I just put it on the screen. Just to, <laughs> you're not degenerates. We appreciate you. Uh, Wink. Um, I did a evening show with uh, Shoddy, and it was we had pretty good, uh, pretty good numbers. Yeah, live numbers because there are people excited about the Big Ten schedule. That was pretty exciting. You know, the Big Ten schedule. It's more uh, real. It's there in front of you. Yeah. Well, speaking of. We didn't get to get your thoughts on it, Chris. You know, outside of the obvious that USC is traveling to Maryland in year one, big part, I would assume, big part at your house. We're just going to have everyone come over. Sure. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of Peristyle fans. We'll Hope you all... like the woods. Hope you're not <laughs> afraid of the woods at night. Uh, because we, but I think we will do, and Shotgun and I talked about this, we're going to have to do like a bar takeover in every city that you're traveling to, uh, to for for the you know foreseeable future of this big tw- you know Big Ten schedule, like a lot of places USC fans haven't been to. Um, when USC went to Austin in 2017, we went to the Key Bar in Austin, which is a USC owned bar, and it was packed. We had I think 200 people inside, like 50 people outside waiting in the rain. It was crazy the amount of people that we had. See, that's little... where you want to get in, where people are waiting in the rain to get in. Yes. That was uh, people, like, they only had, like, two bartenders. Like, we destroyed that place. Uh, we we had no idea. I thought, like, 40 people would show up. I didn't realize it was going to be that packed. Bar takeover, so, every away game, let's do it. I think we have to do that. Um, where are we going to go in Maryland? My like, liver will not approve. What? Where are we going to Maryland for that? So work? there are a couple options okay. that that we could do. Looney's is probably kind of the the I guess the safest bet in terms of you know kind of a more energetic crowd bar scene activity, uh, and it's like the one of the newer bars on campus. Well, when I was there, it was the newest bar, and it was like. The strict one, like you really had to be twenty one to get in. Okay, wink, wink. You know the other ones, but you. It was like the. It was like the upscale bars, like for the seniors and juniors of of College Park. So that would be one. Uh, the more like maybe if you want a more laid back experience, we could go to Lido's Pizza, get some square pizza. They have a bar there too, so it'd be more. Uh, Doesn't sound like what we're looking for. Okay, and then the like what a real bar, bar. You want? If you, well, I would say Looney's, and then obviously the most famous one is Bentley's. Which is like what you're saying, we, obviously, like people know. College yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm saying that obviously to myself, <laughs> speaking out loud. But like, obviously, Bentley's is like our most famous bar, and it's like uh, after a big win, it's like we're going to Bentley's because okay. we're going to go get hammered. Uh, Sk- Scott Van Pelt says it all the time. We're going to Bentley's. So how oh, nice. But my Maryland friend said, don't you dare bring all those USC fans into sacred ground of Bentley. So I don't know if we, it, it, oh. it's not a great bar in terms of like i mean they might have redone it but it's like an old bar it's a divey bar but it gets packed like it could be gross a little bit look it's it's a college town bar i mean that's, that's fine what it is we gotta I get would, scott I, van pelter come out yeah i don't know about that but he actually might go to that game I'm like, sure, i think he probably would yeah okay uh well he might have to work right does he do like sports center at night on saturdays or not really that's true during the college football season so he might maybe not but he does go to basketball games all the time we'll have to see i told i think i told you like i met him once at uh one of the national championship games at the was at the rose bowl and i was taking photos it was uh the florida state auburn one and we chatted on the sideline for a while he was cool he's very i'm six three he's you know three inches taller than me he's a tall dude six six or whatever but I think we, yeah, I think we got to get him. Maybe he'll come to the bar takeover if he doesn't go to the game. I have this vision for the game. First <laughs> off, 
Yeah. That week, I want to take over. I want to sit in that chair. Yeah, you can do whatever I you want. I want to do a Maryland takeover. And then I have a vision of doing setting a scavenger hunt around campus and setting the clues on my Twitter. And whoever brings me <laughs> all the, like, whatever five pieces, I'll give them some, uh, some merch or something. Or something like that. That's my dream. Yeah. That's the dream I have for this uh, for this first away game. My personal homecoming. I love it. Oh, but it oh, so the Maryland one, we have to get that out of the way because any DMV <laughs> reference you talk about. Out of the way, uh, yes. But it's pretty cool just thinking like, I mean, 2024 when you're talking about playing LSU in Vegas. Boom. Playing Notre Dame at home. Playing Boom. Michigan at home. Boom. Playing Wisconsin at home. Boom. Playing Iowa at home. Boom. Like – Okay, uh, you're going to Penn State on the road. You're going to the Rose Bowl to play uh, UCLA. Uh, pretty, or was it no? It's UCLA home game. I think it's a away game. That's a away game that year. Yeah. Um, I mean, it feels like you got a bunch of Rose Bowls happening like throughout the season, which is kind of, it's kind of crazy. Like, do you, are you going to miss like having Cal or Stanford on the schedule? Like, maybe, but I'm mean, replacing like a Washington State with Iowa is is a pretty good upgrade, I'd say. Yeah, definitely an upgrade in terms of, you know, marquee games, but in terms of accessibility, it's much easier to, you know, drive up to Cal for the weekend or or wherever. But yeah, I mean, the travel is going to be something, but you're you're there for more exciting games. You know, you got Michigan coming to the Coliseum. You're going to Ohio State in 2025. You got Iowa and Wisconsin all coming in, you're going to Penn State. You have like it seems like every week is like a marquee game. It's like it's like stacked. It's like a gauntlet. And you know, that's what kids want to play. They they want to play at Penn State with the whiteout. You know, they don't necessarily want to play at Cal. You know, that that's not it for them. It's it's those big viewer games, those packed out, crazy stadiums. And then the Coliseum, and and in retros in not retrospect, but on the flip side, is going to be super packed for these games. You know, when they have Michigan coming in, you're going to have Michigan fans flooding in. So USC fans better fill that Coliseum and and buy those tickets. And you'll have you know Ohio State coming, and you'll have Wisconsin fans coming out here. And so it's going to be some packed stadiums. It's going to be some loud stadiums, is what is what I'm saying. And you know, as a reporter, we love to cover those games. Love to be on the field for those games. So, you know, for me, in my in my personal view, it's going to be a lot more fun. The travel is going to wear us down a lot more on, during the season. Maybe not a shotgun because he's already on East Coast base. But, yeah, the travel is going to be wear, wears down a little bit more. But I think it's going to be worth it. And we're going to experience some some cool games and some venues and some experiences in this new era of USC football. Yeah, it kind of made it more real. And it's just sort of exciting to see these games uh, on there. And I thought the Big Ten did a very nice job with their Flex Protect Plus, which sounds really dumb, like it's a streaming it's, service I, slash I, I garbage bag company. I, um, I immediately think of the Flex Seal guy. You've seen those where he like oh, yeah, duct yeah. tape, like, hey, I made a boat out of this thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think of that. There's like a hole in a barrel and he just He's like, plops bam! something on it. Just like, oh, no, like, that's look at that. stopped. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. Which I don't know if that works. Uh, but yes, so basically the the model that I liked was like this 336 model. So you got 16 teams, you want to be able to play everybody every two years and go to every venue every four years. So it's sort of a modified version of that where they're not forcing. We were kind of coming up with who should be everyone's permanent permanent rivals. rivals. There's only 11 total permanent rivals, and most schools have one. Like USC and UCLA have each other. Um, Iowa ends up having three, uh, which is kind of weird, but that's just sort of like what they have. Like you have these natural rivals. Penn State is sort of like the second rival to a lot of people, but no one becomes Penn State's rival. I feel like they sort of forced Rutgers, Maryland. Like that's a rivalry, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, Penn State doesn't consider us their rival, but we always get up to play Penn State. But it's like, no, you guys can play each other. Yeah, yeah. But like Penn State, Ohio State's big, and Michigan, Ohio, and Michigan State, and Penn State. But they weren't like the primary one. So like Michigan has two: Michigan State and Ohio State. Ohio State only has one: Michigan. So it's flexible. But every two years, you will have like two teams that you're paired with, or three teams that you're paired with. 
USC has UCLA every year. For the first two years, you have Penn State and Wisconsin. So two of the, you know, bluer blood mm-hmm. programs in the uh, Big Ten. And then the following year, it'll be probably two different teams outside of um, UCLA. But the, the good thing is you play everyone every two years. So you, you look at the SEC, they're doing 16 teams and eight conference games. Like you could go a decade without playing somebody, which just seems dumb. But I like the fact that if you're a you're a freshman, we're talking about the recruiting class, right? 2024. Someone that's like good enough to play, but maybe not good enough to go to the NFL. He's going to stick around for four years. Over his four-year career, he'll play at every Big Ten venue, as long as there's not some other expansion or anything going on. Yeah. So I like the model. I think USC fans used to being in the Pac-12 or the Pac-10. You're used to just things being dumb. Like, why did you do that? That doesn't make any sense. Like, this makes a whole lot of sense. Like, oh, this makes sense. This is the way the schedule should be. So I'm I'm pretty happy with the way that came out. Well, there you go. I, have you ever, side question, have you ever been yep. to Happy Valley? I have not. Okay. Have you? I have been once, and it was for a club swim meet, and there's nothing out there except for, obviously, the campus. Yep. If anyone in the chat has been to Happy Valley, they'll back me up. It's like nothing out there. And my only story, because it wasn't during football season, but we went during St. Patrick's Day, and obviously rowdy on campus, but we were driving through. might have been like a Saturday or a Friday. It was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I saw a girl walking down the street absolutely plastered <laughs> with her shoes on the wrong foot <laughs> trying to walk. Trying to walk. And that's like the defining image I have of Happy Valley. So I'm sure – I'll get a new defining image, but that will always be in my mind. Looking forward to that trip because I've never been uh, Madison, you know, to see uh, Wisconsin in twenty. Cheese curds, cheese curds, jump around. Um, I think that'll be uh, a lot of fun. I've been to the Horseshoe, so that's year two. Um, never been. Uh, so that's a pretty cool one. Big I've house. Been, I've been to Nebraska. I've not been to the Big House. That'll be a good one too, but that's not on the schedule. Um, for the next few years. But um, yeah, I've been to Nebraska. And I think those are the only Big Ten ones I've I've gone to. I've seen Big Ten schools like Iowa and Illinois and Wisconsin. Is, is Iowa the one with the children's hospital? That's a cool tradition there too, yeah. Um, but I don't think USC will do that until like 26 or 27. Right. Going to Iowa. So We'll miss Ralphie though. M- Ralphie is going to be a tough one. But you get to go to Ralphie this year. This is sort of like your... Farewell tour to the Pac-12 this year uh, with some good ones. You get to go to Oregon. I think Shotgun said that's the only Pac-12 venue he hasn't been to, so he can go to that one. Um, two years ago, Ralphie didn't run when I went. Uh, Me and Keely got to see him. Was it four run. years? Four years ago, or it was three years ago? Two years ago? Two years ago? I, well, I no, twenty twenty one when they were really bad and they barely won that game. Oh, I don't think I went to that one. No, no, it was just me and Keeley. Okay, yeah. So, uh, but then I think Ralphie was small. Yeah. Uh, so baby. Ralphie should be a little bigger, and it's a girl. Right? You know, they the the boy buffaloes are way too big apparently. So, um, yeah, so that'll be a good one too. So, do your little sort of uh, farewell tour. Check out your last uh, weekender trip to the Bay Area. Last trip to Autzen Stadium. Last trip to Boulder. Um, some good stuff there. And then get ready for 2024. I would save up and uh, do some road trips. We'll we'll definitely do takeovers, bar takeovers, uh, the all four different trips uh, on the road in the Big Ten country. So that'll be that'll be a ton of fun. Boom, uh, boom. I love that. Uh, there's also some news, and we talked about this uh, yesterday a little bit with uh, Coach Hyde. Uh, brand new. Uh, so where McAllister Field is, it's the Rawlings uh, Stadium. So they're going to play soccer and lacrosse over there. So it'll hold up to, I believe, 2,500 people. The renderings look cool. Carol Fult tweeted it out. So that's obviously been in the plan for a while because USC doesn't have a permanent athletic director right now, obviously. Uh, but that's pretty cool. And it just leads people to, okay, when's the football stuff coming? So I feel like this is something you had to kind of get out of the way, get done. There's a domino you have to push down. And then, you know, get to the football stuff. Um, yeah, it's a good sign that they're moving towards revealing these things. So, yeah, that one had to go first. And then we'll see the next one as, you know, people have been like uh, hinting at that something's coming, something's coming. So just wait a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, check that out. 
And then the collective stuff. So if you were following along, some of the reporters that were in Washington, D.C., they had like this NIL summit. And there's there actually was a report today where there's going to be a bipartisan bill potentially about NIL. You need some answers. Um, I hate the word guardrails, but you, you need something. The NCAA just sort of like threw it out there and everyone has kind of different interpretations of, of what it is. But something that could impact the main now USC collective, the House of Victory, you know, they have a charitable charitable element to it with uh, 50, uh, 501c3 status. Um, and I talked to one of the spokespeople there and they're going to be okay. It's just, there's some of these collectives are just basically like, Hey, give money to players. And some of them are like, Hey, set this up through a charity where like, you're going to come out and do charity work. Essentially what it's going to mean is if you donate money to the collective that you want to go to help pay for the offensive line or the quarterback or something, that's not going to be able to be tax deductible. But there's going to still be a charitable element from what, the way I understand it. And there still will be kind of charities that House of Victory works with that you bring in uh, players to kind of get involved with that too. So I think that'll still exist. But the main driver of here's my, you know, you got to pay these players because other people are paying the players uh, through a collective. If you donate money for that cause, it doesn't seem that the IRS is going to let you uh, write that off. So that seems like where we are right now. I know like when I talked to uh, the track and field people, um, you know, they really were setting things up through a charity where guys come out and they get they get an appearance fee basically for uh, doing the charitable work and stuff. So I think you'll still see some of that, uh, but it's just going to be a little different as far as like if you feel like I'm going to donate a bunch of money to House of Victory and help the football team win probably won't be able to be uh, write that stuff off. So any thoughts on it? They're just going to write it off. Anyone <laughs> knows that Seinfeld quote, but yeah. I mean, I don't know anything about taxes or I've never paid my taxes. That's a joke. <laughs> uh, but I don't, you know, know anything about that, but it just seems like it's just still really muddled and confusing a little bit i felt like i needed you to write that out on a board for me so i can see it i could write it yeah yeah but i mean it's just another seems like another headache for people to like kind of overcome and maneuver and shift and another you know okay well we can't be you said they can't be 501 exempt is that what it so they um the collective itself you can't have it be we're a non-profit and the point is we collect money from boosters and we pay the players. I think you can have 501c3, you know, nonprofit parts of the collective. Okay. And that's what it seems like House of Victory is doing. They're not even – they had just filed for it anyway. It's not like they were – they had that status already. But uh, from the people I talked to, they have their lawyers involved and they're, you know, shifting stuff around. They, it didn't seem like it was going to impact things too much. And from the reports I've read, it seems like certain collectives might be fighting this and then other ones mm -hmm. are weren't doing it at all. There was different models, right? You can be a nonprofit yeah. or you can't. So it's yeah, all I mean, kind of confusing. Just very confusing and more very headaches. Confusing. The only people that are winning are the lawyers and all this. So yeah. Oh, they're gonna make they're gonna make some buku, bank. buku bucks. Yeah. Uh especially when you don't have um the kind of defined rules and regulations that you should have where the NCAA gave it like a one sheet, like, okay, because of the state initiatives. Yeah. Uh, they're trying to do something. So you don't have every state doing everything. I mean, California has got a weird one coming through where players would have to share in the revenue of, yeah. We even really like got into that too. Just like all the States trying to do their own thing. And like, I forget what state it is. It's trying to like make it so the NCAA can't crack down on them or, I think it was Tennessee or something like I don't know. Yeah. It's just it's just a lot more can of worms being opened up all over the country with this stuff. Right. So I'm usually like a free market person, like let the market kind of figure it out and go from there. They might need some legislation. The NCAA needed to do something, but they've just been very um, passive. Yeah, they're just they, well, they've avoided at all costs trying to pay players, and then once it came through that there was like state laws where people are starting to pay players. Then they were like, okay, you can do it, but just don't do it this way. And like, there was really no guidance. They, 
they weren't ready. They just didn't even want to think about having a contingency plan that what if this passes and goes through? Um, so then it became the wild, wild west and it's just kind of a, it's kind of a mess, but that's, oh well, yeah. Uh, all right. That's all the stuffy I had. Uh, we're gonna get to some questions. Um, so we're going to back anything else you had, Chris, or are you good? Um, the freshmen haven't rolled. That's oh. something that's new. I mean, you don't really talk about it, but yeah, you know, Gavin Morrison posting freshmen have moved in off to the first day of classes. So yeah. Nice to see the the new freshman faces on campus and jumping into school and getting acclimated for uh, obviously summer workouts and then PRP soon and then before you know it the season so yeah crazy Just the baby face freshman on campus yes good to see them uh, all right well let's take a quick break and we will come back and uh, start answering your questions back in a minute. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle podcast. And uh, yeah, we want to get to some of these questions. I've Anyone that's been doing them in the chat on our YouTube channel, I put a little star there. So let me, uh, we'll start going through them and uh, coming through. Um, we got a few. We're rapiding these or just? Yeah, we can, whatever you feel whatever. like. Yeah. Um, all right, first one, Blackie Chan plays. Take it or leave us. USC will have a top 10 recruiting class for 2024. Uh, right now, I'm sort of like, take it or leave it. I'm going to, crap, I'm going to leave it. Really? But just barely, you know, like 12 or 11. Wow. Okay. I just, I just don't know where the five-star star power is going to come from, you know, I mean, you, Dylan Rayola is obviously committed. You know, Aiden Breland doesn't seem really interested in USC. Brandon Baker doesn't seem really interested in USC right now. Where's the five-star power going to come from for this class? That's the only question mark I have right now. It's I think like, you get enough fours, you can get up there. Sure, but I think every class needs that defining five-star. At yeah. least for a blue blood, you really need that that defining five-star to kind of like be that anchor point where everyone falls in line so i mean i think it'll be like 11 or 12 maybe without that five-star power but again i got a lot of people probably uh mad at me in the comments yeah. but 20k um 10K. it's really close it's a coin flip for me they'll probably have it but i'm just like being five-star cautious right now okay oh as a one-star myself all right i'll take it i will take this one yeah be um, the that's easy points for you. Just like I'll be the optimist. take the free money, you know. I'll be the optimist, as Chris is the pessimist about this. Gilbert, uh, just want to know if the football team will be getting new facilities. We had a lot of comments about this. Well, naturally, because they're like, well, they just got this stadium. So when are the blockers yeah. going to be changed? When are the and if there's a quarterback they have in mind, since Brown is not committing to USC. Um. So yeah, any thoughts on? The facilities. I mean, I think we'll. I mean, obviously, not having an athletic director probably slows things down a little bit. Um, if there was planning and things going in place, but it feels like you know you have whatever the, there was. There was a lot of irons in the fire, I guess you could say. So 
you know, I think they're going forward with that. I don't know if we're going to have some kind of announcement anytime real soon, but we know that's something that was important to Lincoln Riley. Uh, it'll be important. It was important for Mike Bone. It'll be important for the next athletic director. It's important for the interim people that are helping out right now. So I think that's still moving along, but fans probably won't be happy until they get a get new like, lockers. Yeah. New offices. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just something that's, you know, in the pipeline, but it's like, Helps to get that athletic athletic director in place, get that move in, just so you can have a leader for the project and direction for it. In terms of you know not having like a leadership group do it, you right. want to have that person up front and in charge. So it's going to take a little bit more time, but you know it's in the works. And then as far as quarterback, you know Elijah Brown, Dylan Rayola, Julian Sain, all these guys that. You know, USC has been interested or has really been interested in. Yeah, I don't really have an answer for where they would go next on their board. We'll have to see if there's an offer out there. Maybe, you know, USC wants to get someone to reclassify in 2025. We'll see. Or they're going to just find someone else that he likes. Go watch some tape of people and see who they find. I don't have a quarterback right now on top of my head that. I would say, hey, look, look, I was a big Julian Sane person and USC wasn't interested. So, yeah, I mean, that would be my pivot. Obviously, he's very committed to Alabama. But, yeah, there's no, like, QB right now that I have in my mind that they can pivot to. So we'll have to see if Elijah Brown ends up, in fact, not making it to that final USC official visit on the 23rd. As he has stated, I'm probably not going to make it right now. So we'll see. They can get him back in the fold. Gotcha. Next one uh, from Keith. Hey, Ryan. We got a good recruit coming this weekend, a 6'4 corner. Thoughts? Yeah, know? Ryan. Who, who's he talking about? Uh, Sione Lefeo. Okay. He's a Juco out oh, of uh, NorCal. Pretty rare. I'm pretty. I'm, I'm saying the last name wrong, but I think it's Sione uh, Leao Lefua, something like that. Um, but, yeah. You like six four cornerbacks, don't you? Why not, man? It's uh, you get that you know you're basically the taller you are as a corner, like the you can kind of limit some of that catch radius, whoever receiver you're facing. So, um, get your arms on some passes. Um, yeah, that's uh, having a six four corner, not a bad thing. And USC seems to be moving towards bigger cornerbacks yeah. for Big Ten play. You know, bigger receivers. You know, bigger tight ends. Obviously, you know, you got. Uh, Jacoby Covington, who's pretty big. Christian Rolla Wallace is pretty big. Malachi Crawford, you know, six foot three kind of quarterback. So they're moving towards, you know, those bigger bodied uh, cornerbacks and longer guys. Yeah. Like and the it, length. It gives you some options. Like if you have, uh, you know, like a Dalton Kincaid, like going off on you, um, rolling some guys around like to help out a little bit. You got a taller corner like that. It can help you in different situations. Let's go to Tay. Tay says, Ryan and Chris, uh, what are the chances, quote, in your opinion, of Caleb Williams staying for a senior year and USC's first year in the Big Ten? That could help with uh, quarterback recruiting. If you don't get a recruit, you just keep your Heisman winner another year. They're asking what are the odds of keeping him? Yes. Since you coached him in uh, swimming, what, 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 were, what were your thoughts? Look, I know people have started like bringing this up, like bring him back for another year. I know he even like he even teased got, it he a did, little bit. Kinda, like it's sort of his fault. It's not. I just don't see it happening. I just don't see it happening. If you're projected to be the number one pick, you have to go. Yeah. You like have to go. Look what happened to Matt Barkley. You have to go. You just have to. Yeah. Unless they're gonna pay him a hundred million dollars to stay in college, you have to go. I mean, it would have to be some crazy NIL deal. Um, but you know, I don't know. It just depends on. What if they get super close to winning a national championship? I mean, who knows? But I, I don't think this is going to happen at all. But he's a different cat, you know? Like, Sure, he's a different cat. But still, like, going number one yeah, is like, like... You can't turn that down. You can't turn that down. People have been jonesing to, you know, they're tanking this year to try to get Caleb Williams, is what the thoughts are. Along those lines, uh, Blackie Chan says... If USC makes a playoff uh, with Caleb uh, putting up similar stats, do you think he could repeat as the Heisman winner? 
Obviously, Heisman fatigue is a thing. Yes. Ryan is a literal Heisman voter. I do vote on he, this. He knows. Yes, he knows. So it's going to have to take, I think, a little bit more plus the playoff. He's got to be a little bit better plus right. the playoff. Which is, he did leave some wiggle room as ridiculous as his numbers were. I think the hardest one will be the five picks because that's mm-hmm. that's really, but, you know, but he, the, but he, he threw ha- for 42 touchdowns. Joe Burrow threw for 60. Like, if Caleb Williams throws for like 50? 50 something touchdowns and runs for 12 more or something or 10 more and has, you know, his, his efficiency was, I think, the best in USC history, but still there was upside there. So I feel like he's, he's only got, a sophomore, too. He's got upside as far as the numbers go. But if also USC is making the playoffs, then so I feel it's a combination of he's got to be even a little more efficient, put up some more gaudy numbers, as gaudy as they were last year. He could be gaudier, and then USC does better. Like, this is as good of a shot of repeating at Heisman, you know, as a Heisman winner that I've seen for a while, you know. And you could argue Archie Griffin didn't deserve it when he did it. Um, but he, I think there's a chance of this. It's not – it's hard to do. He'd have to stay healthy. His numbers have to be better. USC would have to do better – than 11-1 regular season, like go and take it to the next level by winning the Pac-12 and go into the playoff. Yeah. There's I, there's still wiggle room. There's still meat on the bone in terms of his stats. You're right. The five interceptions is going to be tough to best or keep pace with. But he also has a tougher schedule this year, so he has a built-in resume builder of a season, you know, to beat yes. Washington, to beat Utah to beat Oregon on the road to beat Notre Dame on the road. There's a lot of really good resume builder points on this schedule. And then obviously, you know, if they could get the Pac-12 championship, which they came up short for last year, you know, that's obviously a big resume booster. And then making the playoff all things that can, you know, outside of the stats that can really push him back to New York. Yeah. Uh, He also wanted to know, do you think USC has reached out to Reggie Bush to be a host for recruits? Interesting. Yeah, because th- like yeah, Troy Palomalo there. It's not like he's working right now. So isn't there some dispute with his contract? I don't know. I saw something about they're looking to replace him because there's some kind of dispute. Oh, going I, on. I haven't seen that. Yeah, I just saw that the other day. I'm blanking on who the other person is they're trying to break out. If someone knows in the chat, but I just saw like a headline on Twitter where there's some sort of like contract dispute with Fox or something. So okay, he might be having some a lot more free time so i would assume and, the, and they used uh usc did use his graphic for their official visit weekend like the best in california come to usc or something like that yeah. so looks like they're becoming more and more comfortable using him as part of their recruiting strategy so yeah i wouldn't be surprised if they've had some talks about you know bringing bringing him in for you know i, I wouldn't be surprised if he was there this weekend you know, given that they bring in big names all the time, and they did last year for this weekend. All right. We still got a bunch more. We'll try to rapid fire these a little bit. Okay. Uh, trunks, when does fall camp start? Ooh, we don't have an official date, but it's going to be earlier than normal because of the week zero schedule. Yeah, I think end of July is probably going to be yeah. somewhere in that yeah. range because you got the week zero game. Yep. So. Earlier uh, than usual is what I can say. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Let me pull up the next one. This one's from Mark. Uh, what's going on with quarter, uh, Elijah Brown? Seems like he and Lincoln Riley are not so high on each other. So we kind of touched on this a little bit. Um, doesn't seem like he's he's not in USC's. He's not in the top schools, right? He's not going to officially visit USC anymore. Well, he was, and it looked like USC was in the pole position and the lead position. And then he took the Stanford visit. And now it's like, yeah, I don't think I want to take that visit. So... A lot of things are going on with modern day kids. You know, same thing with DeAndre Carter. You know, swapped his visit out for Auburn instead of USC. We thought maybe that was a commitment visit for him. Yeah. And then, you know, Brandon Baker is just really falling off with USC. And so, yeah, the modern day and USC pipeline is not not in a great position right now. Yeah. We'll see if they can uh, fix that and maybe they can swing it back and get him to actually take that visit at the end. Uh, Big T37 says, 
Who does the Maryland fan base resemble in the Pac-12? Who does the Maryland fan base resemble? This is a really good question. I think it's a good question, yeah. Oh. Well, it can't be Oregon because Maryland actually has a national championship. Oh, burn. But we do have the... The uniform like the, stuff. Right. You got the Under Armour. That was a berm. I hope. I'm, I'm glad people picked up on that. We have yeah. the 1953 National Championship. Boom. Um, <laughs> ooh, I would. Okay. So it's a program that has history, good recruiting area. This is so tough. This is on the spot. My first guess is like. Oregon's more recent. So I wouldn't say. Yeah, I wouldn't that. say. There are things that about Oregon that. And Maryland won of, a basketball national championship in like 2000, right? Yes, yes, yes. Does UCLA have that? a national championship? In football, I think 54 or something, like when like Gary Beban Heisman time. I think so. I mean, UCLA is kind of uh, an interesting comparison Lefty Drizel, our famous basketball coach, did say he wanted to make Maryland UCLA of the East. There you go. So just like off the cuff, I think UCLA is a good comp because they've had success in football. Um, they've had success in basketball, obviously. Uh, not saying Maryland basketball is as good as uh, UCLA basketball, but right. we have some Final Fours. We have a national championship. So uh, both public schools – so, yeah, That's I, would, I would say that. Okay. And they were both Under Armour. <laughs> uh, yeah, except UCLA sued to get out of that. Um, Aaron, uh, so the unofficial visitors come during the weekend, and if so, will they get the same treatment as official visitors? Unofficial visitors? Yeah, unofficial visitors no. don't get the same treatment. So You'll you can get come tours. Whenever. You can't get like your stuff paid for or anything yeah. like that they won't put you up in hotel room so yeah there's the big difference so they won't be going to nobu you know on a, right. on usc's dime you know, no they, won't they have can't do that, that. they'll they just, just be there for the day but now you can take as many official visits as you want but the schools are still only have a limited number so you can't just you'd be like oh i'm going to officially visit usc and they're like usc's like no i we you know you're not high enough profile recruit we can we're not just paying for the tab. I mean, they probably would, except they have a limited number, so they want to make sure they're bringing in guys. That... Yeah, kids have unlimited. Schools are limited. Right. So, so. schools don't want to just do that. He also wants to know, uh, do you think we have stadium renovations? Well, we can have stadium renovations because the bigger Big Ten stadiums can hold at least 100,000 minus Nebraska and Wisconsin. No, they've already done the stadium yeah. renovations. They're not doing, not doing it again. They're not like... They took away a bunch of seats. They're not adding seats back. <laughs> yeah. So that's definitely not a USC thing to do. Um, K.O. Capone says, I see three running backs leaving this year. Can we see uh, USC take three running backs in this year's recruiting class? I would say definitely two high schools, and I would say they would dip into the portal yeah. for that other one because you, you'll want someone a little bit older. Yeah, especially with the Big Ten season, space out the class. Yeah, I can definitely see them bringing in three running backs, whether that's two high school, one transfer, or maybe even two transfers. So we'll see. Yeah, Uh, let's go touchdown USC. There are a large number of Big Ten alums in California. How large of a tarp will the Ruins use at their Rose Bowl for the Big uh, Ten conference games? No, they'll sell those seats, but they're going to sell them to the opponent. I mean, that's going to happen in somewhat at USC, too, though. You'll see some of it. But a larger extent, UCLA, yes. Like, you don't need tarps because you have people that live here that will come to the game. So, yeah, um, yeah, I don't think that's uh, – I don't think that'll be an issue. Well, I mean, it could be an issue, but not – they'll sell the seats because it's Big Ten games. And, they, you know, when Minnesota comes to Los Angeles, yeah, that's like a big deal. They're all going to want to come out here. John, uh, over under – USC will have a new athletic director by San Jose State kickoff. Under for me. Under. Yeah. I mean, the season's three months away. Um, yeah, I think you're going to have someone. In the, my guess is you're going to have someone in the next three months. Under. Um, and then one, I think there's one last one. Unless I'm missing uh, one of the other ones. Touchdown USC says, how many thousand-yard receivers will the Trojans have this year? 
I'm going to say... Last year was one, or was it just Addison, right? It was just Addison. Yeah. I'm going to say two. I'm going to say two. I'm going to say Dorian Singer and somebody else. Low-key Taj Washington. Low-key Taj Washington. All right. Uh, I think I would agree with you. I would go two also. I feel like... There's a lot of mouths to feed. A lot of them could do it. Yeah, you know, Mario Williams can make that jump. Brendan Rice obviously could have a thousand yard season. I think Dorian Singer has the best chance, but yeah, there's just a lot of mouths to feed. But I think two is like the safe. I think two is a good number. Um, it could be. I mean, literally, it could be none, and they could still have a very successful yeah. season because there are a lot of mouths to feed. But you I could feel have like, like a like, 900, 800, three seven hundreds, yeah. yes, like a four hundred and a six hundred. You know, and all of them having handfuls of touchdowns yeah. and stuff. But, yeah, I feel like when the dust settles, you're going to see a couple guys get a lot of balls. Now, maybe there are going to be some injuries. You know, we saw Addison miss some time. Um, it just happened. Like, the, you saw some guys miss a bunch of time. But I feel like at the end of the day, you're going to get, like, two guys that end up going over 1,000 yards. I think I think Caleb's going to have bigger numbers than, than last year, too. And having a better defense is going to help as well. Mm-hmm. Um, sweet. All right. Well, I think that's it. Good stuff, uh, everybody. Ready to do our screen grab? Oh, yeah. What do you want to do? Let's like hug. Because like we're like back. Like hug? Yeah, like like we're going for the embrace. Like I don't know if you can, can see my arms. Can you see my arms? Yeah, hold on. This is the most awkward part of the show. This is very awkward. Okay. Okay. You'll, you'll, you'll make it work. I'll, I'll figure you'll you'll out. do something with that. Yes. Uh, Not our best, but let's go. The hugging screen grab. Okay. Uh, well, thank you, everyone, for uh, tuning in to the Peristyle podcast. Like I said, check out the site, uscfootball.com, 60% off an annual membership, uh, less than a cup of coffee per month, and you can get all kinds of access. Just think about that. $3 and something cents per month, and you can uh, – Get all the insider information at uscfootball.com. Just a war room on Friday mornings are enough. Uh, that should whet your appetite for the week coming up. And, you know, you go to the water cooler at your office, boom. You're going to be more informed than uh, all the USC fans that are in your office. So they'll be like, where'd you learn about that? And you're like, I know people. And you know us. And you know uscfootball.com. Uh, and thank you for liking, subscribing on our YouTube channel, on the uh, Peristyle podcast pages, across the uh, podcasting platforms, wherever you listen, we do appreciate that. It's a lot of fun to be able to reach you guys uh, multiple times a week with all the different shows we do. I love all the feedback, love all the questions. So thank you all for doing that. Uh, so for Chris Trevino, I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed the show and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices. Every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 